In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, my Lord Jesus Christ. There he is, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, hidden in the bread. To this extreme has he humbled himself for love of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here in the sacred host. Thank you for making yourself so accessible to us. Like children, we can come to you. And, and you, like in the manger in Bethlehem, so easy to approach. Well, let's approach him in confidence and ask him for that grace to, well, to be saints. That this is God's will for you, your sanctification. Well, this, these days of retreat give us an opportunity to consider that effort precisely at sanctification, which comes with this, um, with this imitation of Christ. There's called to be other Christ, and that can only be done with freedom. In this meditation, we can consider this great gift that God has given us and that, that, uh, of freedom. St. Paul in his letter, I'm sorry, St. Peter in his first letter to the early Christians, for Christ also died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, powers subject to him. St. Peter gives us a bit of um, salvation history here. Well, quite a bit referring to the, the resurrection, of course. But the need for our Lord's mercy. How good he is. That without you, Lord, we, we are hopeless. And so the Lord asks us to follow him, like he did those apostles. And of course, there's that famous Caravaggio, painting in Rome, the calling of St. Matthew. Matthew looks bewildered. You want me, a tax collector? And he responds freely and promptly. And the other apostles too, we see how they followed the Lord. But not everyone did. We are free. Lord, help us to use our freedom to truly follow you. Look at the rich young man. Jesus looked upon him with love. What that gaze must have been like. 
And yet, as we know, he went away sad. He didn't even begin a conversation with our Lord. He just went away sad. He, he didn't ask the Lord for help. I mean, he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to gain eternal life. And the Lord told him, okay, follow the commandments. Yeah, okay, I do that, but what more? There's something, there's something going on in that rich young man's heart. And when our Lord tells him to go, sell all that he has, give to the poor, and, and follow him, well, what, yeah, that's just, obviously that's too much for that rich young man. And he simply goes away sad, for he had great possessions. He wasn't free. He had chained himself to his possessions. In the, the apostles, those holy women, and the saints throughout history, there's a certain freedom that we see in their way of life. St. John Paul II said it eloquently when he was here in the United States in 1999 at the Kiel Center in St. Louis, talking to those young people. He said, freedom is not the ability to do anything we want whenever we want. Rather, freedom is the ability to live responsibly the truth of our relationship with God and with one another. That's true freedom, to do God's will. So much like... We're reminded this is God's will for you, your sanctification. Well, if, if we're going to get there or even try, we need freedom. The ability to live responsibly the truth of our relationship with God. And God calls us, like he called Matthew and the other apostles and, and so many saints throughout the history of the church. And, and you and me, he's called us. And Lord, I want to respond freely. And the way we have to renew this freedom every day, this desire to follow him freely, just that little custom of the morning offering. That's a great little prayer to start the day. We're basically saying, Lord, I want to do your will. I, I offer you all my work, my thoughts, my joys, my sorrows. I, and I freely hand over my day to you, Lord. You know, at least it's 24 hours. Let's see what happens tomorrow. We can only take it a day at a time. But let's really give our best. And of course, the big picture, stepping back and looking at our whole life. In that sense, yes, we can give everything to God. Our whole life, like our Blessed Mother, like St. Joseph, like St. Peter, who needed to repent and, and begin again of sorts, and he did. He, he, did, he professed his love for the Lord. There, uh, we considered earlier today that, that uh, conversation, just imagine our Lord walking along the shoreline there with Peter after having a bit of breakfast, the charcoal fire, the fish. And, and Jesus asked Peter about his love. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says to him after the third profession of love by St. Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. I think we can all relate to that now that we've, we're along in years in life. Someone might say superficially, oh yeah, kids were, I was a lot more, had a lot more freedom when I was a kid. I didn't have all these responsibilities and whatnot. But really the, the deeper freedom is Peter in his later life here. 
I mean, even just you could even compare it to the freedom he misused there in the courtyard, the night of our Lord's Passion. Hey, you're one of his, you're one of his followers. At that moment, Peter was free to affirm the Lord and take the consequences or to misuse that freedom and lie, deny the Lord. And what would you and I have done in that situation? You can probably relate to St. Peter in that moment, but let's try. And Peter does repent. And then he will use his freedom properly by dying for the Lord. First, living the work that the Lord gives him. It's interesting, St. Augustine comments on this, how when our Lord says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Our Lord says that three times as well. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep. He gives him work to do. That's the comment that St. Augustine offers us. Jesus questions him about his love. Peter says, yes, I love you. And then Jesus gives him work to do. Feed my lambs. Basically, be the first pope. And so St. Peter carries out that work freely, although it's, it's a, a burden, it's a weight, but he does it freely. It's the best use of freedom is to serve God. I think that's what, what, the, what the Holy Father was getting at in St. Louis. The ability to live responsibly, the truth of a relationship with God and with one another. And that is demanding. The proper use of our freedom is demanding. And again, those of you who are married, your spouses, your children, your grandchildren, it's demanding, of course. Remember what Jesus said, the Pope said. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let no one mislead you or prevent you from seeing what really matters. Turn to Jesus, listen to him, and discover the true meaning and direction of your lives. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the true meaning of my life, Whatever that, wherever that takes me. And we look at the lives of the saints, especially the martyrs, their love for Jesus and their proper use of freedom often brought them to an earthly death. But eternal life. I have always been impressed by the life of the story of blessed Franz Jagerstatter, the Austrian, now blessed, young man, married, three daughters. Along comes World War II, he's conscripted in the Nazi army, and he refuses to make the oath of loyalty to Hitler. It goes against his conscience, against his conscience. And he's put into military prison. His life is um, in the balance here. And people are trying to talk him out of it. Just, just make the pledge. You don't believe it, but just say it. Just say it. And you, it was, it was one um, a priest writing a commentary on the, on the film. Perhaps you've seen the film, The, the Hidden Life about the life of a blessed Franz. There's a scene in which this priest describes, blessed Franz, blessed Franz's life reveals the cost of making such a choice, remaining true to his conscience. 
In his laconic, reserved voice, he utters four simple words that reveal why one might be willing to pay such a cost. While in prison, he is told that, he is, that, that if he simply changes his mind and swears loyalty to Hitler, he will be set free. Franz replies, but I am free. Lord, give me this freedom to follow you no matter what, to, to love you above all things. He's free. This great blessed Franz, people are telling him, just give it up. What are you trying to prove? No one's even going to know about you. He was true to his conscience. He's true to Christ. He was free. What did I have that freedom? In fact, this priest, Brother Michael Rainier, making a comment on seeing the film for the first time in a, in a screening. After he said, I sat and pondered my own personal integrity, the way in which I'm willing to cut corners or tell little white lies to avoid a hassle, and the rationalizations I make to justify my behavior. These small inconsistencies make my life easier, but they also make me less free. Well, I, I, I don't want that freedom of, uh, I don't know, certain licentiousness is do whatever it takes to avoid hassles. Yeah, I'll cut this corner here, this little white lie there. Uh, this, this sort of eating away at our integrity. And of course, we're sinners and we have to keep trying and, and getting to confession and beginning again. But that's really, we try to live that freedom of a child of God and allow the Lord to demand of me and, and, and just be an apostle that way, if that's what it be. I mean, his life does make a, make a big impact on a lot, of, a lot of people. I remember an article a year or two ago about some students, some girls from University of Dallas who went to Austria, who went to that little town in the mountains of Blessed Franz, and they were hosted by one of the daughters, one of the three daughters, how old she'd be by that time. He, he was executed in 1943. Now, she was so proud of her father. And I suppose it made her a better woman. Our adherence to the truth. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus, you said, if you, if you hold to my doctrine, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And yes, of course, it will re require our self-denial. True freedom, it's gonna, we have to imitate Christ. Jesus who died on the cross. Jesus who was nailed to the cross. There too, the same thing. Someone could say, oh, come on, just... Stop this talk about being the son of God and you'll be free. No, no. He's, he is God. He's, he shows his freedom in the sacrifice he makes. St. John Paul II in Veritatis Splendor, he writes, the crucified Christ reveals the authentic meaning of freedom. He lives it fully in the total gift of himself and calls his disciples to share in his freedom, which is the crucified one. 
Am I striving? Am I willing to try, at least to try to live this um, authentic meaning of freedom in the total gift of myself? Am I there for my family, for my colleagues, for my friends? Am I willing to be the first to pick up and serve in some way when others are just sort of standing around and looking? Am I willing to stand up for the truth, for, for the downtrodden, for the unborn, whatever the case may be? Am I willing to speak up at, at the office when I overheard a little bit about the, there from Ed Dillette there in his, in his, in his workplace when you know, the conversations were going to the South, and he would change the topic. He would try to lift the tone. He, he wasn't chained to what the others might think of him. He was free. And so we, Lord, we would want to strive to live this gift, this freedom, with the total gift of ourself, this, to be another Christ, Christ who, who died for us. Even here in the sacred host, when we contemplate that we worship now, he's, he's a prisoner of love. He allows himself to be made, well, appears to be bread, and brought here, brought there, to the tabernacle, to the altar. He, he, he's God, and he's letting us you know, sort of move him around. He's free. The prelate of Opus Dei, wrote a wonderful letter on this topic of freedom. Just touch upon it, we don't have time to go completely into it, but I mean, one of the points he makes is in order, well, it's, in order to really love God and our neighbor, we need freedom. Acting freely without any sort of coercion is proper to human dignity, and even more so to the dignity of the daughters and sons of God. At the same time, we need to fortify our love for freedom that is not merely arbitrary, but is rendered truly human by acknowledgement of the good that underlines it, that underlies it, a freedom that is reconciled with God. A bit like Blessed Franz, his, his, his mindset was, well, what is God asking of me here? What, what's the right thing to do? That's my freedom. Therefore, I would like to stop and consider the importance of freedom of spirit. I'm not referring to the ambiguous meaning sometimes given to this phrase as acting in accord with one's caprices and without restraint by any law. In reality, the freedom of every human person is limited materially by natural duties and acquired commitments. Family, professional, civic. Indeed, it's good that we have these uh, demands on us. And that doesn't crunch, that doesn't destroy our freedom. It gives us an opportunity to use our freedom, it's just to thrive in our freedom, to be like Christ, who in the garden, I mean, with his words alone, that cohort of soldiers was blown back. Who are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. And the cohort falls backwards. Just the power of, of the word of our Lord alone. <laughs> And yet he allows himself to be, to be taken away and, and, and spit upon and vilified. 
unjustly accused and, and, and crucified. Freedom. The Lord, for love of us, freely allowing himself to be tortured and crucified. Lord, help us to have this way, this, this, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, St. Paul writes. You know, uh, Bishop uh, Barron gives a, a wonderful, I think, a wonderful metaphor for freedom in one of his talks, talking about a river, just a, a beautiful, clear, powerful river, raging river. I mean, I think a lot of us could just sit along the, the, the banks of a river and watch it for, for I don't know, hours on end, just enjoying the, the, the beauty of it all and the power. Well, the point he makes is that for that river to be so strong and beautiful and clean, it needs riverbanks. It needs limitations. It needs boundaries. Just imagine if you take away the riverbanks, okay, this water wants to be free. Stop, stop impeding my, you know, my movement here. Okay, take away the riverbanks and what happens? The water just spreads out and slows down. It stops, it becomes stagnant, it has no life, it becomes a, becomes a swamp. The mosquitoes come along, I mean, that's the bottom of the chain of creation. I, we need the riverbanks, we need the water to keep flowing, and we need, yes, to be obedient to the ways of God. That's our freedom. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to help us here to live out this beautiful gift that God has given us. Mary uses her freedom perfectly, precisely by saying, behold the handmaid of the Lord, la sclava, the slave. Let it be done to me according to thy word, to your word, Lord, not my word, not my ideas, not my preferences, not my money, not my future, not Lord, you. Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let's learn from Mary. And, and, and yes, indeed, allow her to keep saying to us, do whatever he tells you. That's our freedom, to be able to do what God tells us. That's the best freedom, the best use of our freedom. And that's the best way to find that deep joy, indeed, to proclaim always, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father, Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.